0: If national politics is guaranteed to make most people's eyes glaze over, talk of local government is usually enough to put them into a catatonic trance. We care so little about it that, on average, few more than a third of us even bother to vote in local elections. And yet, local councils are responsible for spending a larger percentage of our hard-earned money than any branch of government, apart from benefits and pensions. In 2013-14, local government spent £102 billion of our money. That's £6 billion more than the NHS. But only 23% of that came from council tax. The remaining 77% was provided by central government from national taxation. Councils spend that money on schools, the police and fire services Refuse collection, social care, housing grants, planning, public transport subsidies, road maintenance, food safety, meals on wheels, parks and leisure facilities, and a host of other essential public services. So shouldn't we care much more about local government? As we crowdsource our new UK constitution, should we enshrine local autonomy in our vision of a new Britain? And if we do, how much of it should we have? What should it be empowered to control and what are the pitfalls? Tony Travers is an advisor to the House of Commons, Communities and Local Government Select Committee. Tony is also a board member of the new Local Government Network, a group of organisations working with councils, the private sector and community groups to create a better future for our public services. Tony Travers, does a constitution need a section mark Local Government? After all, this constitution is a kind of written document which describes the way we are organised and so on. Maybe local government just looks after itself. It doesn't warrant a place, would you say? No, I wouldn't say, actually. I
1: do think that within any constitutional arrangement in a country like Britain, but it would be true of any uh, evolved democracy, requires uh, a place in it for sub-national elements, Mm. that is, below the central government, below parliament, national government, uh, in order to embed the idea that there are alternative... Uh, positions of power within that constitutional arrangement. And the great thing about local government in most countries, or in countries where there are an extra level, a sort of state level, some countries have states and local government. We in Britain just have local government. But the great thing about having these other elected units is that they act as a counterbalance to the power of the central or federal government. And in Britain, you can see that. Our prime minister, our parliament, Uh, Our governments are very powerful by international standards and unless there was another elected level then everything would answer directly and would only only be one place you could go to. But as it is if you live in Manchester or if you live in uh, Cardiff or if you live in Belfast, you can go to your local government and have a say there as well as at the national level. And of course in, in Belfast, in Edinburgh and in Cardiff, there is a, there are a sort of within country level of government as well
0: now. But in England, it's just local government. So this local government thing, it's been around, you could say, longer than democracy, hasn't it? In a way, we've had these kind of structures of government, the parish, uh, local authorities, etc before we had organized representative government. So do you think there's a kind of loyalty to place in Britain that we could try and capture in the constitution? Do people feel they belong to places or is that old hat nostalgia for the 19th century?
1: Well, do they like football? Do they like cricket? That's all about place, be it cities or towns or counties. I mean, rugby, you know, all sports are about towns and people do feel very strongly about the place that they uh, come from or they live in. I mean, you know, people in Birmingham Definitely feel they know what Birmingham is, they are proud of Birmingham. So I think there is a powerful civic identity, and that's a perfectly sensible unit or idea to build on to create. Uh, a local democratic institution to provide services which frankly nobody thinks that should be provided at the national level. Nobody thinks street
0: sweeping or street lighting should be managed in London by central government. Uh, Right, maybe we could take it a bit further. We could say, right, this local thing is fantastic, people really connect with their community and so on. Let's get away from the idea that all they're doing is delivering local services, you know, good with refuse. And let's say these are a whole bunch of little mini countries That can control their own budgets, they can grow as they wish, and then people will be really interested in how their own community works. And we could actually say the main unit of democratic governance is the local unit. Would that work, do you think? Well, you could have something that was more akin
1: to a federation of local units. Indeed, the United States is a bit like that. That's how the United States really came about constitutionally. I mean, England the
0: United Kingdom is rather different. I remember in the 1980s, where local authorities would vote to have nuclear-free zones, and we all kind of laughed, but they were able to vote to have nuclear-free zones, and they were trying to make a stab at having a kind of profile which is more than just dustbins. I hanker after this. I think this could work reasonably well, with one exception, which is all the rich areas would be magnificent, and they'd have kind of border controls. And their roads would be fantastic, but they'd be holding on to the loot and not passing it on. Would that be the main reason we've had a kind of push towards centralisation? The question of whether England and the other parts of the UK are too
1: centralised now is a is an important one, and it isn't just because of the redistribution of money. There are all sorts of reasons why England has evolved into this very centralized country, and one of which, of course, is that it doesn't currently have a written constitution. Mm. So it's possible for the national parliament to change what in other countries will be the constitutional arrangements just on any day of the week, pretty well, providing it can get legislation through parliament. Now, in most countries that have a written constitution, they'll have a separate process for uh, reforming their government arrangements at the constitutional level big issues. How do we govern ourselves? When do we vote? And all of that kind of thing. And then on a day-to-day basis, vote in Parliament about everything else. I mean, other countries which have constitutions have rules. We uh, in Britain, in the UK, pride ourselves in having this unwritten constitution and therefore no rules. So how do you build rules in a way that works for Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland and England in a system that doesn't have a written set
0: of documentation? If you try to and we're trying to, after all, in our project, you might produce something which is a little bit disturbing, which is the United Kingdom is incoherent. You can't create part one, United Kingdom, part two, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, because what happens to England? And then England, my goodness, you've got part three, London. One of the things that the uh, Scots have revealed by
1: holding the referendum and now pressing for significantly greater powers over taxation and so on, which they will handle uh, in Edinburgh, is that having a effectively a federation, which is what the United Kingdom is, of one country with 52 million people in it and three other countries which have 10 million in total, is always going to be difficult. And if you then try to retrofit a written constitution over that, The only way it would ever work is if the English, the 52 million, at some level hold back from the other three countries. And that means they have to accept that Scotland and Wales and Northern Ireland will have some form of privilege and extra power in exchange for England being dominant. Now try
0: writing that down in a consistent document. Because if we put it in Schedule 10 to our Constitution and said to the people, there you are, do you like that? Most of the people who'd be reading it will be English, and they'd say, good heavens, don't really fancy that, the transfer of resources from us to these Celtic fringes we never visit.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, one of the problems with trying to, if I may say so, given that you're trying to do, trying to construct a constitution is that uh, once you start writing things down, many of the current players in the system don't like what they see. They like operating it in this rather flexible and often slightly invisible and un- difficult-to-understand way. And if you start writing it down, they oh no, that's, that's constraining our power, or worse still, that's telling the public something that we probably, you know, better if we, the you know, people who run the country know, but everybody else doesn't. That's not an argument for not doing it, of course, but there is... If you have a system of our kind, the arguments against writing or creating a constitution will include the fact that it reveals to the wider public something which the political establishment often would
0: prefer them not to know. Yeah, one of the things we've been doing, which is conceding to the general public, are having these elected mayors. And the idea is superficially quite attractive and so on. You know, you have the mayor for this place, the mayor for that place. They become kind of Boris Johnson heroes. Mm. Now, if I was a guy on the make, one of the things I'd jump at is the chance to become a popular elected mayor because I'd be able to have massive expenses, I assume. I'd be able to coin it by giving my friends various contracts and so on. Is there a problem, a big problem perhaps, in the local government arena, mayors included, with corruption?
1: Uh, I think that the, the thing about directly elected mayors is they do concentrate power in the hands of, you know, the mayor of London or the mayor of Leicester or the mayor of Liverpool or Bristol, the other cities that have them now. But at some level that also means the media can understand them better and they get more scrutiny, you might argue, than a more uh, diffuse and more spread out form of democracy. So I'm a bit more optimistic than you that in in the end if the media functions effectively, and that's a big qualification, if the media works effectively then an individual as mayor can be scrutinised arguably more easily than lots of people making decisions in a more spread
0: out way. Would you say it would be a useful thing to say that local authorities should have power to spend a certain amount of money as they wish in accordance with their electors? Whether they are mayors or not mayors doesn't matter so much. Do you think that would revitalise our understanding of democracy? Well,
1: I think I'd go further than that. I'd say that if we go back to what I was saying at the beginning about the importance of having elected politicians who are not in the centre of your democracy, that is local elected politicians, they should have freedom to set their own taxes to fund their own services. And then the electors can vote on that at
0: the next election. It still would write Parliament out of the script because they'd be able to operate as they wish in accordance with the written constitution, including constitutional rights, and they wouldn't need to take instructions from central administration.
1: No, I mean, I think that would be a separation of power. I mean, you know, Britain's always struggled with the idea of separating mm. powers. Uh, either of this kind or of other, there's all sorts of ways you can separate powers in a democracy and uh, Britain with its curiously evolved constitutional arrangements has generally done less of that than other countries that started from scratch but I think having uh, separate local units of power would always of course be subject in our kind of democracy to the rules of a constitution if there were one and indeed some oversight potentially by bodies appointed by national government. I don't have any problem with that. And we want everybody to behave within the rule of law. Local government at every level, and you can go down to parishes, would have to work within the rules, you know, within the rule of law.
0: Mm. Should we try and abolish political parties, do you think? And if we should, could we do so?
1: Well, there are uh, evolved democracies that don't have uh, political parties at the local level, most notably uh, Canada, Um, I think the arguments for political parties, personally, remain that they do provide a sort of an organising machinery for making decisions. And you have to have some way of getting a majority to make a decision, or some way of making decisions, even if it's not a majority. But I have to tell you, I have to say, you know, our political parties in Britain, certainly the traditional big ones, are dying on their feet. Uh, and unless they can find a way of not dying on their feet, then we are going to find out what it's like not having mm. two big parties. We may end up with perhaps seven or eight smaller parties which will have to form deals and so on.
0: Or a, or, or, or a, or a Russell Brand new party?
1: Who knows? Russell Brand has undoubtedly pushed his way into the debate. Lots of other people have as well. Uh, Scottish Nationalists, UKIP, I mean lots of interesting... Eddie Izzard, new, I think. Eddie Izzard, new players everywhere. And that, of course, is itself evidence of the weakness of the old parties. Yeah. So even if the old parties continue to decline, and whether it's at the national level or at the local level, there has to be some way of organising government. There has to be some way of organising politicians to make decisions so that they can ensure that resource taxes are collected and money spent fairly and appropriately. And all of that still has to have some degree of organisation.
0: Well, let's see what our people come up with when they get to drafting the Constitution. Tony Travis, thank you so much uh, for the conversation about local government. Thank you.